1: This
2: is Fantasy Football today from CBS Sports. On his way to the
3: end zone.
2: Tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a
1: play! Off to the races! Touchdown! Oh, he's done it
2: again! Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben.
0: Hey, what's up, everybody? I hope you're in a good mood and ready to talk some fantasy football. I'm in a good mood because Saquon Barkley might practice today. It is a good day in fantasy football land. You know, I thought we were going to have a lot of injuries to talk about, but so far, you know, it wasn't that bad of a weekend. Justin Jefferson seems like he's going to be okay. But we'll talk about some players who are turning heads and making headlines. Do you need to be drafting Darnell Mooney? Is he pushing his way closer to the top 100? We'll talk about it right now on Fantasy Football Today. I'm Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Heath Cummings. Dave, I'll have you know that I mm-hmm. discovered a new delicious pizza place in Right in my neighborhood, and I'm very excited about it. It was a great weekend in that regard.
3: And I discovered a terrible pizza place far from my neighborhood that was recommended to me over 10 years ago that I didn't get the chance to go to until this weekend.
0: (laughs) What? I've got a
4: pizza take.
0: How weird. Okay.
4: I like Detroit-style pizza better than New York-style pizza.
0: I don't know what that no, is, but you
4: also right. don't know what New York-style pizza is, but go ahead. Heath, Heath can you clarify Detroit-style pizza? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Uh, it's a square. Right. It's a thick crust. Yep. And it's, it's phenomenally delicious. And where has- did you acquire such a pie? Uh, there is a new-ish place uh, called Raw Raw's in, uh, in our neighborhood. Okay. And it is it is really, really good. I, I mean I've had the, the thing is like I know exactly what New York pizza is because I had pizza oh, in New York. That, wrong. <laughs> I've never had pizza in Detroit. So I'm only getting but like fake Detroit pizza is much better than real New York pizza. Is what okay. Found.
3: Okay. Let's this is ridiculous. And I, I, I can't wait to get Detroit pizza when I go to Detroit this week. Um that's good to know. I wish I had known that before I went and found a place that had a crust that tasted like matzah.
0: Oh, that's never good. All right. So no,
3: the, the topping quality was good, but the crust was very matzah. If
0: you ever go to New York, don't do what Heath did. Don't eat in Times Square. It's a tourist trap. There's bad pizza there. Now, uh, well, what made your pizza so good? Let's talk about football. Let's talk about no, no, fantasy no, no, no. football hold here. On, hold on. No, it was. Stop. Come on, what? Dave. You're. Come on. You uh, need to talk about the important stuff, all right. too, Adam. I will promise you later I will give you the full pizza review but let's get to some Twitter polls here. I'm
3: fat, okay? I like to know these things.
0: We did our tight end preview, and you might be considering Travis Kelsey maybe as early as fifth overall. I, you know, I know a lot of people are very excited about him. His ADP is around ninth overall. Uh, I did ask uh, this question on Twitter, and I thought it was a really interesting debate. I knew who was going to win because everybody hates Joe Mixon, but which start do you prefer in full PPR, Kelsey and Mixon or Zeke and Waller? If, and, yeah. if I
4: take Zeke, do I have to take Waller in round two? <laughs> well, if you want the tight end, yeah, because you're not getting him in round three. Um, yeah, for me, this one's not and like it's close in terms of like percepted value and stuff like that, but in terms of projections, I have Travis Kelsey like 40 points better than Darren Waller, and I have Zeke 20 points better than Mixon. So I would much, much, much rather have Kelsey and Mixon than Waller and Zeke.
3: I'll go the other way. i'll I'll take Zeke and count on the bounce back year from him rather than the bounce back year from Mixon while getting Darren Waller. Who is a downgrade from Travis Kelsey for whatever it's worth. But I think Waller keeps going strong,
0: yeah. I knew Mixon's going to lose every Twitter poll. Just just I could ask Mixon or Zach Moss and he's going to lose to Zach Moss at this point, I think. but uh, Kelsey and Mixon got 46.5% of the vote. Zeke and Waller got 53.5% of the vote. It's kind of interesting because if you look at their points per game in 2020, and I only did Zeke with Zach, with Dak first five games. He was awesome. He averaged 21.6 points per game in PPR. Uh, but if you look at their points per game in 2020 and their points per game in 2019, Zeke and Waller beat
4: Kelsey and Mixon both seasons. Which I thought was interesting, Heath. Well, yeah. Um, but I really, this frustrates me. I think it's why you do it. But we are perfectly happy citing everyone's Dallas stats with Dak. But never thinking there's any chance that Dak will repeat the stats that he did because we know they're not going to throw 700 passes and run 800 plays.
0: Well what should I should I really take in his? I full don't think season you should stats? use a four
4: and a half game sample size that we know is not predictive. I used because all of five total games. number of plays. I used all five games. I understand. I I unless and I'm fine with this. If we want to start talking about Dak as QB one, then we can talk about C.D. Lamb with Dak and Zeke with Dak and all of that. But you can't use their well, stats. In these games that we know are like fairy tale land. Yeah,
0: I get it. But what what, am I, what was I supposed to use for Zeke?
4: Um, you could just say Zeke in 2019, the last season when all of these guys played a full season under normal circumstances, Zeke and Waller were better. Okay, fine.
0: That was part of it. That was half of the analysis. Okay, fine. That was the good half. All right. Um, all right. So some split there, and I think if you if you said Zeke and Waller, which 53.5 percent of the voters did that's a strike against taking kelsey as early as fifth overall because you almost certainly can get waller with your second round pick
4: but and to be clear i don't have kelsey fifth overall i've got him seventh or eighth um okay. so like i would take zeke over kelsey i just wouldn't take waller and run two why um because i think there's i don't think Waller's going to be that close to kelsey you think? What do
0: you think he's going to be in terms of the other players that you can get in the middle of round two? Like he was actually better per game than Justin Jefferson in full PPR last year. I'm pretty sure he was better per game than AJ
4: Brown. Um, he had a yeah, lot more catches. I would. Than those guys. I would rather have Calvin Ridley or Stephon Diggs or I, DeAndre Hopkins. But they're all.
0: But okay. Uh, yeah, but I feel this. like
4: they're off the board. What are talking I would I'm rather have AJ Brown too because I think he's going to take a step forward. I would take Waller over Jefferson. All right, you guys are fun.
0: All right, Dave, uh, we'll get you back in there in a second. Leave your mailbag questions in Apple Podcasts, um, and we'll answer it on Saturday's mailbag show. But here's the thing. So you've been uh, asking a lot of questions in Apple Podcasts and leaving us five-star reviews, and I appreciate it. First of all, a couple things. One, we would really appreciate a review in addition to the question. We want people who haven't listened to the show to know what you like about the show so they say, oh, I'm not just reading Fantasy questions, I'm reading a nice review. I get the sense that this is a good fantasy show. So please, if you could leave a review, that would be great. Second, I'm more or less done with Keeper questions only because we're getting so many questions now and Keeper questions only help one person. So let's try... Tweet them to me.
3: What? Tweet them to me.
0: Okay, yeah, tweet them. Right, we answer on Twitter. At Dave Richard. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see our Twitter handles. At Dave Richard. At Heath Cummings Sr. Heath Cummings Sr. At Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R. At Jamie Eisenberg... J-A-M-E-Y at c CBS. I think I got it all. Um, but yeah, please leave uh, non-keeper questions if you can. And that goes with the emailers as well. FantasyFootball at CBSi.com.
3: Do you guys remember the Dream Team? The movie or the the real Dream Team that won the gold medal in the Olympics? The real one. Yeah, of course. Okay, great.
0: Because Paramount Plus has an awesome documentary. So Magic. Yes. Jordan.
3: Yes, yes, yes. I'm so glad you're bringing this up.
0: Barkley, Bird, Malone, Ewing. The 1992 Dream Team changed the game of basketball forever. Dream Team, Birth of the Modern Athlete is a new five-part original series streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. The documentary takes you deep into the greatest basketball team ever assembled with never-before-heard audio interviews from the players themselves. Hear from the team as they break down the greatest exhibition game ever, Team Magic versus Team Jordan, and how uh-huh. the torch was passed. You can watch Dream Team, Birth of the Modern Athlete, a new five-part series now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. That sounds good. It's awesome. Oh, you, you watched it? Yes. Oh, cool. That's great. All right, I'm yeah. into that. All right, let's do an email here. Conrad from the third largest city in Washington State.
3: Uh, um, yeah i'm drawing a blank on that spokane that was my guess of spokane maybe yeah okay that would be a good call (laughs) i like how on the video schrecker pops in spokane yeah pops right out
0: i just thought of a new team name it's not fantasy football relevant how about jeremy spokane
4: Oh, gosh. No, come on. That's good. No, no. Subject line was, why, Heath? You know How that about spoken attention. like an idiot moron? <laughs> there, that's better. Thank you.
0: I listened to all your podcasts. Over the years, I've learned that my opinions are usually more similar to Heath's as far as uh, rankings go. I've been listening all offseason on different rankings disputes, but while putting together my own rankings, I saw that Heath was much lower on Clyde Edwards Elair, I view C E H as more of a second rounder, so I would like to hear the reason why Heath is low to justify me dropping him down my draft board.
4: Well, Conrad, you should. I, I I appreciate the fact that you think like me, and and if you think like me, then you should always embrace those times when your rankings are different than everyone else's, because that's that's part of the fun of being us. <laughs> um, The reason that I am concerned about Clyde Edwards-Solaire is because of his unusual rookie year when he was a 70% of the snap guy, 67% all of the first six games of the season, and then never again. I think he had one game over 60% in his last 10 games. The team brought in Le'Veon Bell. In the playoffs, they favored Daryl Williams on passing downs. And now in training camp, we're hearing about how good Jarek McKinnon is on passing downs, and we're hearing about Daryl Williams scoring goal-line touchdowns. And I am just concerned. If you remember Ben Gretsch from a couple years ago, he liked to talk about the trap backs. The guys are going to get a bunch of carries, but they don't catch a bunch of passes, and they don't necessarily do a lot in short yardage. I'm afraid that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a trap back.
3: He played 30, 30, 50 third-down snaps. I almost said 35th-down snaps. That would have been weird. 50 third-down snaps last year. That's an average of 3.8 per game.
1: How does no, he improve on that? How
3: does, he, how does he get more when they've yeah. got McKinnon and Williams there? So I'm I'm a little nervous. I'm not entirely sure that the goal-line role is going to go to Daryl Williams, but I'm also not entirely sure that the goal-line role is going to go to Edwards-Hilaire When Mahomes was dominating from inside the three yard line last year, so Mm. I I I, I'm kind of I'm nervous too. I do have him ranked higher than you do, Heath. I still think that he's a contender for twelve hundred total yards.
4: I I think like there's a pretty clear top fourteen. I I I would put Chris Carson at the top of the next group, but then I think from there's there's just a bunch of guys from sixteen to really twenty three for me that. Could be put in different places, but Clyde's in that range, and for a lot of people, he's a borderline number one running back.
0: You so you're saying you have Carson ahead of him?
4: Oh yeah, I've got Carson. I've got Gaskin. I've got like I've got most running backs. Ooh, whoa, ahead Gaskin! Of him. Wow. Yeah, no, Gaskin was a lot better than he was last year. He was. He, and he he, he may saw have less competition. Right. He saw almost
3: twice as many third down snaps. I think he saw more short yardage goal line work, or more opportunities than Edwards hilaire had too. So it just depends on how much more they put on Edwards-Hilaire's plate, and we don't have a good idea of that now, and I'm not sure we're going to have that good of an idea of that by the time the season starts. And maybe because we don't have that good of an idea, it probably means that he won't
4: get it. I I would just say, like, and Coach Speak can get you in a lot of trouble, but we've had a lot of trouble with Edwards-Hilaire last year. We've heard Frank Wright come out and say, we're going to treat Jonathan Taylor more like a feature back this year and just work other guys in around him. We heard Sean McVay before Cam Akers went down talking about how that he can be our workhorse running back. I welcome some information like that. If the Chiefs or someone would say, I think Clyde edwards Lair is going to be a three-down workhorse back or Clyde's going to score a bunch of touchdowns, anything like that, I'd get more optimistic. I haven't heard anything like that. And you won't not from this coaching staff
3: because I don't I don't think that they like to talk that way about their backs until yeah. it's obvious like once it's done on the field like they were talking that way about Kareem Hunt after Kareem Hunt became the guy a couple of years ago mm. so I I I'll, I don't mind taking Edwards Alaire in late round two but that's the earliest I would do it yeah he and he is going twentieth overall
0: before mix before Mixon which probably everybody is happy about, except for
4: us. (laughs) He does hate Joe Mixon.
0: Dobbins, uh, way before Dobbins. I mean, there's a big drop. There's Mixon and... and, uh, Mixon and Edwards-Elair are back-to-back. They're almost the same exact ADP. And then eight more picks, seven more picks off the board before Dobbins, then Swift. Um, Would you guys take David Montgomery? Because Tariq Cohen is still weeks away from coming back. They're saying Damian Williams has been working on passing downs. Would you take David Montgomery or Clyde Edwards-Elair?
3: I don't think Cohen is the problem anymore. I think it's Damian Williams that that is not really a problem, but someone who is going to take some work away from Montgomery. I do currently have Edwards Ilair ranked ahead of Montgomery. I could see myself changing that.
4: I, I have Montgomery around and a half ahead of Clyde. So yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah you I'm just the, don't want anything uh, I'm to do with Edwards Ilair, yeah. and I get it. I totally get it. Well, uh, I uh,
0: I look forward to the running back preview because Jamie is. I think the highest on Edward Ziller optimistic about him. So we'll get a different viewpoint there and that will be tomorrow's episode. Thank you for the email Conrad. Let's do the news and notes. So Saquon Barkley could come off the pup list as early as today, Monday and start practicing. And I'm not going to ask you to rank them right now. Let's see how things go. But have,
4: have we had a podcast since the Saquon Barkley might not play until week three? No. So like, show. we're both reacting to Saquon Barkley maybe missing the first two weeks and Saquon Barkley coming off the pup. Why would he miss the first two weeks? Hey. That was the report, that they are not rushing anything, and he Ian Report said somewhere between week one and yeah. week three. Uh, uh,
3: they, he said it could be as late as week three, but they're not ruling out him coming back sooner. This is obviously good news. So bad news report and a good news turn of events. Uh, I, I'm a little more encouraged with Saquon now. I'm glad he's off the pup.
0: Okay. So he's, his ADP is 12th right now.
3: How's that? I, I'm comfortable taking him at 12. I am not. Mixon it or Barkley. Mixon. Mixon.
0: Wow. Okay. I, I want to just do a Twitter poll right now. I think the Barkley's rest of America,
4: get... well, I did a Twitter poll with Mixon Barkley and Jonathan Taylor. And I think Mixon got like four votes. <laughs> <laughs> Who got the most, Taylor? <laughs> uh, I think it was Barkley,
0: actually. Actually, I've noticed that people are much higher on Barkley than than we are. They're, they're not as concerned. Right. They're not as concerned as we are. I might even do a Twitter poll. I'm not going to waste my time. All right. Justin Jefferson has a sprained AC joint, shoulder injury. He's wide receiver seven in ADP. Have you guys moved Justin Jefferson down at all?
3: I have not. I I'd like to learn if he's going to wear a harness to help protect his shoulder for this season. And if we find out that he is, then I will
4: move him down. I was already too low on him compared to ADP. So I've just not moved him, but I'm not getting, I I might get him now. Where do you have him? 10.
0: And his ADP is seven. So that would mean guys like you have AJ Brown, Keenan Allen ahead of him.
4: I have Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin ahead of him. Not AJ Brown. Yes, A.J. Brown's well ahead of him. Okay.
0: Uh, Washington wide receiver Curtis Samuel. He has been doing individual work. He may not play in the preseason. He is a round eight or nine pick. Wide receiver 42 off the board. This is Curtis Samuel. He's going in between Mike Williams and Michael Gallup. How would you guys rank those three? Samuel, Mike, well, it's actually an ADP. It's Mike Williams, Curtis Samuel, Michael Gallup.
3: I still have Samuel at the top. I believe I have Gallup ahead of Mike Williams, Mixon ahead of all three.
4: This is one where I'm <laughs> um, making a downgrade um, based on the news and the talk. If if they really don't know for sure if he's going to be available to like com- complete a full practice before the first preseason game, it's a new team, and yes, it's the same coaching staff from two years ago, but it's a new quarterback. There's a lot of wide receivers there getting targets from Ryan Fitzpatrick, including Adam Humphreys, who kind of plays the same role who Fitzpatrick requested they bring onto the team. I'm I'm more, and Curtis Samuel is kind of a borderline guy anyway. So I, I he's outside of my, I had him around 36. I've got him closer to 46 now. Um, Mike Williams, big gap, then Samuel, then Gallup.
0: Yeah, it's a good point that he's a borderline guy in terms of average draft position, but I know the people who like Curtis Samuel would say that he really he's broke a, out the last eight games of 2020. He was he was right. really good, and they're hoping that he builds off that, and they're, they're seeing Curtis Samuel as a potential breakout.
4: I didn't mean he was a borderline guy in terms of average draft position. I meant he's a borderline guy in terms of NFL career.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, mm. Well, I mean, it's true. It's true. But his last 10 games is what people are excited about. His 16-game pace was 93 catches, 1,069 yards, five touchdowns. And he was so much better than Robbie Anderson in that stretch. All right, anyway, uh, back to the news. DJ Chark, finger surgery. He's going to be out, hopefully, back in week one. They're optimistic that Chark will be back in week one. So now, Dave, is LaVisca Chenault the best Jaguars wide receiver to draft? Because Chark, as of yesterday, was still the first one off the board.
3: I think I'd rather wait for Chenault at his ADP and Jones at his ADP, Marvin Jones at his ADP, than take Chark at this point. I still I, I'm 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 getting it's not I still I'm getting a growing sense that this is gonna be a spread it around type of an offense where there won't be one lead receiver. I think you're gonna see those three receivers chop it up with their tight ends, with their H back, their 35 year old H back with Travis Etienne. I, I, I don't know if there's a guy on this team that gets 100 targets this year. So taking Chark in that round 7-8 range, I think, is reachy. I'm going to wait on him, and I'm, I may pull him third on that list. I might just move him so far down that I just don't draft him in any leagues.
4: Yeah, I updated projections a little bit because I think, again, new coaching staff, new quarterback. Um, I still have Chark projected to leave the team in targets, but I actually have them back-to-back-to-back to back to back now. Jones – Chark, Chenault.
0: Back to in back to back of, in your rankings.
4: Yes. In terms of my projections. Um, oh, okay. All just between, I think, 37, 38, 39. Um, I mean, yeah, I, would I take just all wonder, of them ahead of Curtis Samuel.
0: Uh, of Curtis Samuel. Okay, well, hold on. I just want to follow up with this, Dave, because you said you'd rather take uh, Chenault and Jones at their ADPs, but I wonder, especially with Chenault, if this is going to lead to a rise in his, in his average draft position.
3: It might. It absolutely might, and especially after this week, if he puts up some nice film in the preseason, then it absolutely will move up his ADP. So, um, fluid situation. Let's see what happens with Chenault. I think it might make Jones one of the better bargains on draft day. Heath, my question to you is: what What are the project? What's What what are the target projections that you have for these guys in Jacksonville?
4: Um, I think it's probably higher. I think I have them all over a hundred targets. So I'm, I'm a but I'm just trying to pull it up right here. Yeah, so I've got uh, 124 for Chark, 118 for Chenault, 118 for Marvin Jones, 71 uh, for ETN.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm done taking any of these receivers in round seven for now.
0: Yeah, well you Might don't do you have round,
3: to. Round eight is is where I I think I'd probably be the most okay taking Chenault just because he's the healthiest guy that's got some good PPR value. But I I don't know which ADP we're looking at and which one we're using to figure out Marvin Jones, but after pick 100, I'm in.
0: Would you take LaVisca Chenault or Devante Smith? Still Smith. Uh, Chenault. Okay. Was that always the case or is that the injury? That's the injury. All right. Speaking of injured wide receivers, Kenny Galladay out two to three weeks, hopefully with a hamstring injury. Did we talk? I don't think we talked about this, did we? was in the midst of our quarterback and tight end preview well we'll talk about it anyway Uh, I haven't read maybe a single good thing about the Giants offense uh, so far in training camp it seems pretty bad and Galladay out now Uh, Shepard apparently is having a good camp you know Galladay seems to be falling a bit in the ADP since August 1st he is now behind I know he's behind oh he well this says he's tied with Beckham. I think he's he's probably going behind Beckham, which seems a little weird. But 66th overall, so that's a round six pick for Kenny Galladay. Are you guys still okay with him in
3: round six? <clears throat> I've got him 73rd overall in my PPR rankings. That's technically early round. So.
4: Well, sounds like we lost Dave's mic. Yeah, um, but I agree with Dave. End of round six, early round seven, that's a good place. for, uh, that's a good place for Galladay. And there's upside from there. It's just, you can't have any sort of faith in him. I would take him ahead of all of the Jacksonville wide receivers. I'd take him ahead of most of the guys we've talked about today, but he's not, I'm not sure he's going to be in my top 30 when I update rankings at the end of this week.
0: Dave, I'm not sure if you can hear us, but we lost your microphone. Can Can you hear me now? Yes, I can
4: hear you now. There you
0: go. You're Um, back. Okay. All right. Sorry if we cut you off there. That was the reason why. Um, <clears throat> Hunter Henry hurt his shoulder and practice on Sunday. It's not believed to be serious, but this is pretty recent news, so we'll react to it maybe later in the week. And then some contract stuff. Miami restructured Xavier Howard's contract, their star cornerback, so that's good. Michael Gallup is not going to get a contract extension before the season starts, so this will be his walk year, basically. He'll be a free agent in 2022. That's Michael Gallup. They also, I think, don't owe uh, any money to Amari Cooper, beginning in 2022. So Dallas's wide receiving unit could look a little bit different next year. Uh, the Colts gave Darius Leonard, star linebacker, a five-year extension, nearly $100 million. The Bills gave Josh Allen a pretty big extension. Decent, I would say. $258 mm. million in six years, $150 million guaranteed.
3: Just $43 million a year. It's okay.
1: It really Trey Lance
0: is being prepped to play situationally this year. You thinking that's like a Taysom Hill kind of deal?
3: Who's this, Trey Lance? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's maybe where he starts this season. And that was kind of the hunch that we had all along, was that he would play just a little bit from from week to week early on and then eventually take over. So almost like what we saw with Jalen Hurts last year, but I bet his timeline will be faster than Jalen Hurts' timeline.
4: I was trying to remember, how much did Lamar play his rookie year? He he played played a little bit. It was
3: probably in the neighborhood of five snaps a game. Excuse me, until he got in there to right, to replace him, and then he was every snap.
0: Uh, I thought that this report about Michael Thomas ignoring phone calls from the coaches and the training staff during the offseason was pretty interesting. What do you guys uh, make of this,
4: Michael well, Thomas? Well, almost as interesting as his tweet today. Oh, I didn't see it. <laughs> uh, I think, I, I, do you have the exact tweet, Dave? Because I don't want to misquote Michael Good. Thomas. Shagger, let's but go get that right, tweet. He'll come
3: after you if you do. <laughs> I'll get it. I'll pull it up. I don't know, basically
4: office. something to the effect of they try to ruin your reputation when you've saved theirs by not telling everything. No. You know, I'll tell you someone I'm afraid of. There it is. Oh, there we go. I, I, I did pretty well.
0: They tried I love damage. the Comic Sans. <laughs> okay, let's read it. They try to damage your reputation. You save theirs by not telling your side of the story.
3: All right. Yeah, so, it's not. Who I mean, knows. Does this affect fantasy football at all? I think that there's some frustration building between Sean Payton and Michael Thomas over the timeline <laughs> of of the surgery.
4: What? I'm sorry. What? Nothing. Nothing. I I I concur. <laughs> I also think there's some frustration building between Michael Thomas and Sean Payton.
0: Yeah, I, he's obviously. I mean, it just maybe it means he's not going to rush to get back.
3: You know, it, it might. Might mean he's not on the Saints for a whole lot longer either. Yeah. This season, I would imagine. Yeah. But okay. uh, what a mess.
0: I just wanted to say that I'm really glad that I don't cover the NBA because I am so afraid of talking about Kevin Durant. If you say anything bad about Kevin Durant, like he is coming after you, that guy does not like to be slandered. Okay. So I love you, Kevin Durant. I'm glad that we live in the same state now. We're like friends now. Love you, KD. All right, some players who are making... Oh, do you want? to did you make anything about Darren Waller and Julio Jones having missed some practices? Is this a story?
3: I wouldn't worry about Waller. Uh, Julio, I think we have to wait and see. Obviously, I, he's an older receiver. We know that he's dealt with injuries in the past.
4: I, I downgraded Julio just a little bit. He's still in my top 15, but I put him behind the Rams and Tyler Lockett. Oh, wow. Okay, Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Well, I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nobody else ranks in there.
0: (laughs) All right. Some players who are making headlines. Let's talk about potential ADP risers. We haven't had a preseason game yet except for the Hall of Fame game. And I don't really know how much we're going to get out of preseason. It just seems like when I was a boy, starters played a lot in the preseason, especially that third preseason game. And now you just don't really see it as much. But hopefully we get something to build off of, uh, some some information to use at least.
3: There have been a couple of coaches, Sean Payton, Vic Fangio, who have come out and said that they're going to treat the third preseason game like the third preseason game, meaning because it's two weeks away from when there's actual NFL action, they're going to play their starters into the second half.
0: Well, did they? Wait, hold on. Did they say they're going to play their starters into the second half? Because I feel like coaches are treating that third preseason game differently now than they used to. You know, used to be able to kind of bank, as I remember it anyway, bank on starters playing into the third quarter. But if I don't know were, that you do anymore.
3: If they were going to do that, if a coach was going to play their starters into the third quarter, then that, that's right. the game they would do it in. Is the third preseason game. In the fourth preseason game, none of the starters play. Right. Half of the second teamers play. It's usually the the back end of the roster, so they make good decisions on cutdown day. But that game seems to be gone. I don't think the coaches are going to use any of the preseason games just for the back end of the roster
4: anymore. Mm-hmm. and I think Ron Rivera said that uh, this week they will be playing their starters in their first preseason game. So I think like we'll have some coaches that especially probably that have a lot of turnover that we will see some of that um I have some not really breaking news, but Michael Hardman is listed first on the on the first team on the chief's first unofficial death chart. I believe it's the first time he's ever been listed ahead of Demarcus Robinson.
0: All right, and I, we should start there because he wasn't even in this Some Players Making Headlines segment, but he should be because he's having a good camp by all accounts, me, Hardman. So, you know, is this a guy that could push his
4: way into Jaguars wide receiver territory? Uh, he's there for me. I had him in my top 35 at the beginning of the offseason, and then I felt like a dope, and I kind of made him and Marcus Robinson and Brian Pringle all in the same range and now he's clearly separated from those guys according to every piece of information that we get. Their people are writing features on how much better he is. Every single day we hear about him making a great play. Everyone says it's clear he's the number two wide receiver, so I've gone back to projecting it, like he's clearly the number two wide receiver, and that makes him a top 35 wide receiver for me. I um, I actually currently have him projected ahead of the Jacksonville wide receivers.
3: I, I get the sentiment, and... I'm, I'm not quite as encouraged as you are, Heath, so I'm going to let you take him ahead of those Jacksonville wide receivers. I'd have to think about whether or not I would take him ahead of Marvin Jones, as, as silly as that might sound to some of you. No. Last year, and, and, and we can discuss this a little bit, only six times did a receiver on the Chiefs, not named Tyree Hill, give you at least 13 PPR points in a game. Six times all year. Now, that might have been because they were splitting up that number two role. Like some weeks it was Sammy when he was healthy, and some weeks it was Robinson, some weeks it was Hardman. And if we're going to agree that, okay, every week it's going to be Hardman and that's it, then maybe he gets six games with 13-plus PPR all by himself this season, and that's not bad. But I don't know if that's somebody that I'm taking um, where you're taking him, Heath.
4: Yeah, I've got a, a Michael Hartman-Azer stat that I uh, put out on Twitter this morning. Um, over the past three years, Sammy Watkins has averaged about six targets a game in this Chiefs offense. Six targets a game over a 17-game season would be 102 yeah. targets. Meikle Hardman has seen 103 targets in his career. Oh. He has 67 catches, 1,098 yards, and 10 touchdowns.
0: <laughs> that is a damn good stat. The only problem is if it were a true Azer stat... <laughs> If it were a true Azer stat, you know, you probably would have eliminated the games that Sammy Watkins left with an injury, which is probably like 15 of them in that time frame. Which would have made it even better, probably. Made, <laughs> yeah, would have made it this, the targets per game even higher. Uh that's a really cool stat. I like that. Yeah. Um, okay. So Antonio Brown or Michael
4: Hardman. Brown. That's the range that I have, man. I would still take Brown, but that's that's for me the uh the range. So this is like round eight, we're talking. Yep.
3: Yeah.
0: All right, let's go to our next one, Zach Moss. So I'll actually throw it back to you, Heath, <clears throat> because you maybe you
4: were less in on Moss. Are you starting to buy it a little bit? Um I I am not ignoring it. And like I don't know that I'm in on Moss. I'm less excited about taking Singletary, except he was going in he's like double digit round Joe Mixon. Um ADP only moves one direction. People hate Devin oh, okay. Singletary in round eleven or twelve.
0: Okay,
4: yeah. <laughs> um, I'm okay with Moss in the drafts where he's there round nine or later. I don't oh. really like. I saw somebody talking about Miles Gaskin versus Zach Moss the other day, and I've seen oh. Trey Sermon versus Zach Moss. I guess that's but maybe a little better, but no. it kind of goes back to the thing like the difference for me between Sermon and Moss. Is that if Trey Sermon gets 15 touches a game, he's probably a top 20 running back. If Zach Moss gets 15 touches a game, there 13 of them are probably carries between the 20s.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
4: Well, would you? Okay, so then
0: let's not go that high. How about Damian Harris?
4: Harris. I'd rather have Harris. How about about Ronald
3: Jones?
0: uh, Hey, come on! That was my question, Ronald Jones. And Dave, Dave is going to tell you. Something about Zach Moss uh, that sounds like he's playing the game Operation, um, but about why Zach Moss might be a little overrated. But yes, Ronald Jones or Zach Moss. I'm
3: taking Jones.
4: Yeah, I, I'm not sure. That's I'm just made an adjustment to Moss, but I, it's probably Jones. I
3: mean, just look at how this run game has operated the last two seasons. It's been mediocrity among running backs. They're not getting a lot of work i think they ran the ball the sixth fifth or sixth fewest time times of all uh team rbs last year this is this is a josh allen centric offense everybody that's watched the bills knows that and allen is the one that cleans up when it comes to red zone touchdowns on the ground that could change though it really could change but give the operation how does that change because Because they've had their opportunities
0: They've had their opportunities. Frank Gore two years ago, Zach Moss last year. They just didn't do well with them. If you know, look, it's not like Allen's going to completely go when you're the goal line, but you are talking about potentially the number one offense. They could lead the NFL in scoring. I think we probably all would put them in the top five if we were naming our five favorite offenses. Mm-hmm. So there's you know there's touchdowns to go around. If he's going to be I don't. I don't know who gets the passing downs. That's the thing. I. I, I mean, I made the case that Moss was really. You know who gets the passing downs?
3: Josh Allen gets the passing downs.
0: No, I mean, someone's gonna. Devin Singletary had a decent amount of catches last year. I, I'm saying if Zach Moss can get 35 catches and be the
4: primary running back, then I think he's a round seven pick. He he needs, and then this is the thing that I don't think is very likely for either of them, and why I'm just taking the one that goes in round 12. I think both of them need the other one to go away to be a round seven pick. Because I don't think there's a big... like I don't think you're going to see a situation where Zach Moss or Devin Singletary is getting 70% of the running back touches if the other one's there on the team.
0: Oh, I don't agree with that. I mean, I really feel like Moss has that opportunity.
3: I don't think Singletary does. I don't agree with it either for a different reason. I think if one of them goes missing, I think Matt Breida gets in there. And get some more opportunities, and they keep going with a two-headed backfield that doesn't get enough work. This is a backfield I'm avoiding. But you just you,
4: Adam, you, you take, take Adam Zach, Zach Moss in round seven,
3: good. round eight. I'm avoiding that, all,
4: all these guys. It seems like there's like there's there is something about Zach Moss that you really like.
3: I
0: think that the Bills like him more than Singletary. I think that they showed their hand. Down the stretch last season and in the playoffs before he got injured in the one game. like a half of a game. Yeah, but but he was completely dominating the carries in their most important game of the year and the catches. So I think they like him. And then every report, well, there was one report about how Singletary was good. But uh, he's dominated the reports. And that's all I've got to go on. I don't love to do that, but he is getting the buzz. So I just sort of feel like they want to go with Zach Moss. I'm getting a hunch. I it's obviously could be wrong. It's not based on all that much, but that's it. And uh, <clears throat> the only problem is the injuries, Dave. Uh, not the only problem, but one of the problems is the injuries. So go ahead, it's, you can re- to read to me. List. It's
3: the biggest problem of all. So this is a list of injuries that Zach Moss has accrued since 2018. Here we go: ankle, knee, shoulder. Hamstring, hamstring was in February of oh, yeah. 2020. That's by four. the way, I just count neck, it on August of 2020, Perfect. toe, September slash October 2020, ankle, January 2021. That required tightrope surgery.
0: Oh. I keep thinking he's going to a new injury. He's giving dates. I can't even count. That was pretty bad. All right, so that's a lot but of seven injuries. injuries. Seven, seven injuries. injuries. I had eight, but I was I was off. Okay, let's go to our next player making some headlines. Chicago wide receiver Darnell Mooney who had 631 yards on 98 targets and his a dot you know I, I thought he was a deep guy his a dot went way down late in the season I mean his it was like over 8 only once I think uh this is a Bears team that has not had a number 2 receiver at any position tight end wide receiver running back with more than 821 yards since 2014 this has not been the type of team that you want to take two wide receivers on. But could that change this year? Is anybody excited about drafting Darnell Mooney? Yeah.
3: yeah. I'm interested if we're talking late round 10, early round 11.
0: And let me see the wide receivers going in that range.
3: Like, let's start there
0: with Mooney. All right. So we'll go 120th overall is, am I on the running backs list? Because Gus Edwards and Latavius Murray are not wide receivers. All right. 120th overall. Would be Miko Hardman. Well, that probably will rise. Um Elijah Jets guys. Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Devontae Parker, Russell Gage, Marvin Jones. Oh, and then the guy that I think should be a big riser. Henry Ruggs, 133rd overall. <laughs> would you rather have Ruggs or Mooney?
1: The only I've name got you Mooney said
3: one spot ahead of Ruggs.
4: Yeah, the only names you said that I would rather have than Mooney were Hardman and Marvin Jones. I would take him over all the rest of those guys
0: over Moore, uh, over the two Jets wide receivers, over Parker, over Russell Gage. See, I don't get that. I mean, why would I take a second Bears receiver?
3: When
4: you could have the number one Jets receiver.
0: No, when well, I could have the, the number, number one two... Jets
3: receiver might end up being a really good receiver. In
0: yeah, Darnell Mooney was a fifth-round pick. Elijah Moore was a much better prospect. When I could have Russell Gage in the in the Falcons offense, when I could have Henry Ruggs, who was the first wide receiver selected last year, and John Brown is is on the second team right now. Um, I don't know. I, this is not the kind of guy that
3: usually breaks out just from a opportunity standpoint. No, but you said it late in the season Had two games in November, a game in January, he had nine plus targets in three of those. And he's got a chance to see a little bit of a target boost just overall. I'm not saying he's going to get nine targets every game, but he had 98 on the season. That's 16 games. Keith's better at math than I am, but I think that's going to follow in right around six targets per game. He could end up getting six and a half to seven targets per game. I will like him better when Justin Fields takes over because then those, those, uh, improv improvisational plays could help out Darnell Mooney on deeper throws from fields when he's escaping pressure in the pocket. And I think he's going to continue to see full-time snaps in this offense. I, I don't, I, I don't mind drafting him. And putting him on my bench and hoping that he becomes a number three receiver for my fantasy team. But I don't see a ceiling of top 20.
4: Yeah, I think this, I mean, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the ceiling is. I don't, the whole, the Bears have done this since 2014 thing doesn't, move me quite as much just because I don't, I think they've already, if Andy Dalton plays 16 games, have probably the best quarterback they've had since 2014. I think Justin Fields is going to be better than him. Bro, Andy Dalton was bad last year.
0: He's he's not a, in his prime anymore.
4: I don't know what the prime <laughs> is for a quarterback or how to evaluate that because Tom Brady was not in his prime for like four years and okay, then he was good let's, again. Let's, let's start with Brady versus Dalton. Um... You were talking about Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles last year.
0: Yeah, he might be better than last year. But in the last five years, they they probably had someone better than,
4: than Dalton. Right? Do you want Dave? You want to run through the Bears' quarterbacks? No, no, it's okay. (laughs) This is a team that threw about 360 passes, I think, to wide receivers last year. Half of those might go to Alan Robinson, but shipping Anthony Miller off and basically having no number three wide receiver, I expect this to be a very concentrated (laughs) passing attack at receiver. I think there's a chance Robinson could have 160, Mooney could be around 120, which is about seven per game, like Dave said. And I do think it's a good sign when, as a rookie, you earn 98 targets. Okay, uh, very good point.
0: All right, so uh, before we take a break, Marquez Callaway getting a little buzz for the Saints. Tro- Troquan Smith's been hurt. Obviously, Michael Thomas is hurt, and I called him and he didn't pick up. And Brian Edwards for Las Vegas is running ahead of John Brown, which is why I was talking about Henry Ruggs. Uh, do you guys make anything of these situations in New Orleans or Vegas? Two fun places to have a bachelor party.
3: <laughs> um, uh, both, I like Callaway. Guys. okay I, I like Callaway tall little lean fast and there's a target drain there and someone's got to step up in the first few weeks of the season so he's an easy receiver to look at and say I'll draft him late and if he doesn't work out in the first few weeks of the year I can safely cut him because eventually Michael Thomas will be back and I know that he won't become a breakout guy so that's how I feel about him. I think you could probably say the same thing about Edwards and draft Edwards around later because he's, he's got an injury history. He's not exactly a burner. He's more of a big perimeter type of receiver. He's like a low-rent version of Allen Robinson, if you want to say something like that. And no one's necessarily talking about him as being the go-to guy in the Las Vegas offense. Adam, you love Henry Ruggs. We all know how good Darren Waller is. <laughs> Easy can be. with the
0: love term there. You, um, you, you want to be BFFs
3: with him. I think Edwards might be good for like five targets a game early on, and if he doesn't do anything with them, John Gruden will switch to Hunter Renfro or Zay Jones or
4: somebody like that. The only thing I disagree with is I I don't think we're giving Brian Edwards quite enough credit. Um all evidence we had coming into last year is that brian edwards is a lot better than marquez callaway he was a third round pick callaway was undrafted he actually ran a slightly faster 40 than callaway so i don't think callaway is faster than him um i would rather draft edwards than callaway but i expect callaway would possibly be better early in the year until thomas is back
3: right so that's why i'm taking callaway first and we're going to take a break when we come back quick pizza review
0: some more Twitter polls and your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi dot com.
2: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Today. Okay, Dave.
0: Somebody told me, my neighbor told me, you got to try this new place, the Beekman Ale House, if anybody's local. Get their pizza. So it's a 12-inch pizza, which is a really smart size for a pizza because it's a little bit too big for most people, but too small for two people. So you have to order two.
3: Or one big person.
0: Yeah, you and I—I I mean, all, any of us—I would have taken the whole thing down. That's fine. But we got two. We got a plain, just regular cheese, and we got a barbecue chicken. I love barbecue chicken pizza, and it had bacon on it, which I actually removed. But I'm sure it was great. Uh, it had some onion on it. It was oh, drizzled with barbecue sauce. Very, very thin crust. Very, very crispy. And I don't—I can't really describe the taste, but it just had this. Oh, like I've got that several
4: cool. words right now I could to describe. I, well, then just think about face. the cheese pizza. I need pizza. screen grabs
3: of Heath's face over the last 30 seconds.
0: You need screen grabs of the pizza. I, in fact, I will go upstairs and get a slice and show you if that would help. Would you like that? I could do that
3: while no. we do a Twitter poll. No, ben, what I, do you think? I, think I, I don't know if that would really help to see a day-old pizza slice.
0: Oh, that looks this nice. This some real pizza on Saturday night. There's no barbecue chicken on it. It was great. Had to share this because that's real pizza right there. All right, that that is this is this is kind of different, you know. Once in a while, I don't know if it's once in a while. It was really you know good. How
4: everybody else feels about pineapple pizza and how they say it's like so bad and not real. That's how I feel about barbecue chicken pizza. I love pineapple pizza. I mean, little, I throw a little too.
0: ham on there. Come on. Oh. <laughs> All right.
4: <laughs> Excuse me.
0: Twitter polls. Goodness. PPR league. Which start do you like better? Devontae Adams and Clyde Edwards-Elair. That's going to be tough for Heath. <laughs> or Austin Eckler and Calvin Ridley. Devontae Adams and Clyde or Eckler and Ridley?
3: I'm taking Eckler-Ridley.
4: Yeah, that's... um. That is tough for me, but I've got a not really that tough because I've got Eckler about 70 points better than Clyde, and I've only got Adams about 40 points better than Ridley, so I will take the Eckler and Ridley side.
0: Okay, and the people agree. Almost 55% of the vote, Eckler and Ridley. Okay, is there a running... Okay, all right, hold on. Leave that up there. Leave that up, tracker. Let's go back. It was Adams and Clyde Edwards-Elair or Eckler and Ridley. Now... What if it's Mixon instead of Edwards-Elair? What if it's Adams and Mixon or Eckler and Ridley?
4: I'd much rather have Adams and Mixon. Yeah, I think I would too. Okay. I have Mixon one spot behind Eckler. Listen,
0: (laughs) Joe Mixon, attention. We really need you to come through this year, okay? Like, it would be huge for us as a podcast. All right, next up, half PPR league. Half PPR, which do you like better? And for this one, I actually just used the NFC average draft position since August 1st. Aaron Jones and Stefan Diggs are going, uh, I think, 11th and 14th overall. And Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley are going 12th and 13th. So would you rather start your team in half PPR, Barkley and Chubb or Aaron Jones and Stefan Diggs? Wow, this one's not even close. 68% Jones and Diggs.
3: Yeah, uh, I'll take the other side. I'll take the running backs. It's easier to take the Barkley-Chubb side now that Barkley is coming off the pup list. Assuming that to be true, that means that we'll get him for a majority of the season. It's not full PPR, so that lowers exactly the number that Diggs will give you from game to game, and I like getting running backs early, so I will take Barkley and Chubb.
4: It's not full PPR, but I just want to say this for the purposes of if it was full PPR, PR, I actually have Jones and Diggs both ranked ahead of Barkley and Orchub. Um, it's full yeah, PPR, that's the Jones the, and Diggs
0: if think. it's full PPR, this is like it should be a hundred percent Jones and Diggs. Over. Sure, w- would you agree with that, Dave?
3: Yes. Yeah. If it was full PPR, I would take Jones and Diggs. But Heath, you said you'd you'd
0: still do it half PPR, Jones and D- Aaron Jones and Stefan Diggs. I would, yes. Over Barkley and Chubb. Uh interesting numbers here. Diggs averaged in half PPR, according to FFtoday.com, sixteen point six points per game, which was great, but it was five points fewer per game than Devontae Adams. Um now he you know, I would say that Diggs was unlucky with touchdowns. He had 168 targets, most in the NFL. I believe and he had only eight touchdowns. He had 10 fewer touchdown catches than Devontae Adams. So unlucky there considering Josh Allen threw I think 40. Um but Diggs averaged 16.6 points per game. That was so Nick Chubb was actually better than that slightly. But you know if you erase stat it then and you remove the Dallas game when he had six carries and he was significantly better. Um Barkley And they had they had the
4: polar opposites in terms of touchdown luck last year.
0: Yeah, Barkley In his rookie year and his second year, he averaged more points than Diggs averaged last year uh, in half PPR. In fact, he was a lot better in his rookie year. So, you know, just those numbers really made me favor running backs at that spot in half PPR. Yep. Um, You know, people ask, do you go with your PPR strategies and rankings or your non-PPR if you're playing in a half PPR league? And I think a lot of times our answer is PPR. But I've always kind of le- leaned more toward running back over wide receiver, and, and this is an example why. I
4: I think you should. It's just that often the decisions that we're making are running in half PPR are running back ten against wide receiver two. Like it's yeah. a big. It's it's not it's not that anybody's saying wide receiver two is better than running back two. No,
0: but but I'm it's, saying that Nick Chubb, I would take over Diggs, and I wouldn't take him over Hill. But well, I would I, take him over I wide think receiver. It just three. depends
4: on how much of what happened last year you think is in like if if D- Chubb and Diggs score at the same rate they did last year, then that would be a good decision. If Chubb scores at the rate he did the year before, that would be a bad decision.
0: No, because he he averaged more points than Diggs. Oh, wait, did he? He so averaged... certainly not
4: certainly not in the game's cream. Hunter. No, he? he
0: averaged fifteen point two points per game in twenty nineteen. Uh with eight touchdowns, which is how many okay, all right. So good context. They both scored eight touchdowns. Chubb did in 2019. Diggs did in 2020. And when they scored eight touchdowns, Diggs crushed Chubb. 16.6 points per game to 15.2 points per game. And that was with Chubb getting 36 catches, which were pretty much all before Kareem Hunt came. So I guess that's a good point. If they score the same amount of touchdowns, maybe Diggs does win in
3: half PPR. Okay, fair point. Dave, who would you go with, Diggs or Chubb? In half PPR, I would go with Chubb. And you would go with Diggs, Full right? PPR, I think I would go with Chubb, too, just because I'm hoarding running backs this year. But it's a lot closer in full PPR. Like, I wouldn't fault you if you took Diggs ahead of him.
0: All right, let's do emails. Here we go. From Sal from the Electric City, which is apparently Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, my question is about two receiver leagues with a flex. You, on Friday's podcast, you discussed prioritizing tight end in two receiver leagues not necessarily three-receiver leagues. I think you guys, Jamie and Dave, talked about that on the tight end Mm -hmm. preview. Shouldn't the same apply for the mobile quarterbacks? I think he probably means like the top five or six quarterbacks as well. Is it as simple as just drafting best player available and or filling your starting roster spots if it's just a two-receiver league instead of three-receiver leagues?
3: Yeah, because just overall, the pressure is off of taking wide receivers. Right. So every position will kind of go up in terms of need to draft because you only need to start two wide receivers and the smaller the league the more you can veer toward best player available because you can go and find other uh other players at other positions pretty easily cuz everybody's going to have an all-star team if it's eight teams 10 teams something like that
4: and and I will like I don't think anybody else necessarily agrees with this but it's never stopped me yet um I also think in non-PPR <laughs> quarterbacks are more valuable
0: yeah, because why? Because they make
4: up a more because percentage of your the points. Because the elite wide receivers and the pass-catching running backs are closer Valued. in value than they are when the catches count. The catches help make those elite wide receivers worth more. Right, right. They wait a little value longer on take PPR those quarter and quarterbacks and not lose any value.
0: <laughs> right, and that's why I took, in the draft that we did last Tuesday, I took Mahomes with the 25th pick. I, I don't think i do that in full PPR. Um, it was a non PPR draft, okay. Uh, from Jim,
4: maybe I missed it. By the way, Heath, do you have more of a mustache, like a true mustache now, than typically you do? No, I just um, I think the sun's hitting on my face a little bit. I haven't shaved yet this morning,
0: and the microphone covers your chin. So, all I see yeah, is we, mustache. we don't get to
4: see that soul patch, yeah. There,
0: okay,
3: yeah, <laughs> okay. It's almost much. shaped in a
4: heart. Look at
3: you. <laughs> there it is.
0: Oh, there you go, mustache man. Okay, uh, from Jim. Maybe I missed it, but have you guys discussed the extra game week and how it will impact the fantasy playoffs? Are you keeping the playoffs weeks 14 through 16? Adjusting them to 15 through 17? What are you doing with the extra week?
3: I'm extending the regular season of fantasy one more week. So, now you should play 14 weeks. Your playoffs start in week 15. They'll end in week 17. And then week 18, you can do whatever you want with it. Have a toilet bowl for your league or a a battle royal, or absolutely nothing. But I think the the league's decision to go to seventeen games for every team means that fantasy managers get one extra game every year too. Okay,
0: from Jared, in leagues with a second flex spot in the starting lineup, does that change how you approach your drafts?
3: No, not not very much.
4: Um, I think in in full PPR you should view a second flex spot as bumping the wide receivers up a little bit, and in non-PPR, you should view it as bumping the running backs up a little bit because in full PPR, a flex should most generally be a receiver and vice versa and none.
0: And I think, okay, we got to clarify, are we talking about a three-receiver league with two flexes? That's a lot of, you know... A receivers. Lot, it's a lot yeah. of talent, and and to me, I don't value tight ends as much. In leagues that have more starters, except for the top three, Uh, I don't.
4: Do you guys agree with that? Every flex you add reduces the value of every other position.
0: Yeah, and since tight ends are kind of low scoring, again, I'm not talking about the big three, but and maybe not some of the others. But in general, like I, I just I'm not taking Noah Fant, uh, or I'm not taking Dallas Goddard. I like Fant, but you know, I just I don't care. I'd rather just. Use a tight end like my last pick.
3: Wouldn't it be relative? You would take Dallas Goddard if it was at the right spot in the draft. Yeah, but. And he's still there. I'm sure you'd take him, and I'm sure you'd consider him for one of those two flex spots uh, um, if if need be. I'm sure he wouldn't be your first choice.
0: Right. If if Dallas Goddard's one of my flexes, I feel like I've gone wrong.
3: Well, you don't don't plan on him being one of your flexes. You'll draft him as a round 10 pick, as depth and a quality player for your team. This is an imaginary world where he's going in round 10. Um, well, no, in a, in a league doing, with two that's flexes. That's what you're doing with players that you're taking in round 10 anyway. In a league with two flexes, he probably could go. Maybe,
0: you know, he, he could go in round 10. I think people are going to race to fill their second flex spot before they take their tight end if they didn't if they didn't really invest in tight end.
3: I think they'd be open to doing that. I don't know if it's a definite thing.
0: All right. I, well, you know, I'm just curious about Goddard's real value, because I think we've seen his ADP for so long with people just assuming that Zach Ertz was going to be gone. And lo and behold, he isn't. So I'd like to see more drafts before we really figure
4: out where Goddard's going. And we still don't know for sure that he won't be. True, true.
0: All right, Brian from Long Island. I've been listening to your podcast, wondering how to best evaluate when someone says, I draft XYZ at the 4-5 turn.
3: And are well, alway- too soon to take XYZ. I got to wait till at least the eight, nine turn.
0: Really? All right. Well, fine. Uh, no, but the, his question is since we're always talking about 12 team leagues, now let's turn it to a 10 team league. How do I translate that to my 10 team league? If you say draft someone at the four or five turn, do I just make it a round later? It's I'm um, drafting fifth in a 10 team non PPR league. And I'm wondering if Waller in round two is too early. Yeah, it's in, not. A, in a non-PPR league taking him 15th overall or is that 16th overall?
3: He said non-PPR. Yeah. It's probably too early in a non-PPR. Too early. All
0: right, what about the next round? What about
3: 25th? Yeah, then that's fine. But you might end up getting Kittle and not Waller. Like if you have to have Waller, you're going to have to reach. Um when my when I say 4 or 5 turn, that's kind of code for right around 50th overall. In a 12-team league, those are picks 48 and 49. Mm-hmm. So it's just right in that Range in the draft. So, in a 10 team league, 50th overall is the end of round five. So, four. no, 50 team league, 10 team. Oh, league, I'm sorry, 50th overall, last pick of round five. I, I'm, I'm right, right?
4: You are correct. Mm-hmm. Even I Finally, yeah. finally,
3: I got something right. Um, <laughs> so I would say when you hear us talk about a four or five turn, yeah, dock it about a round.
0: Yeah, also sounds like a dance move.
3: A four or five Remember turn, four or five turn, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think so. I did
3: that in my bar mitzvah. There
0: you go. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. We will talk to you tomorrow with our running backs preview, part one. Hopefully no breaking news. No breaking news until next week. we got to get our position previews done. Okay, NFL, thank you very much for listening. For Heath Cummings, Dave Richard, Ben Schrager, I'm Adam Azer. We'll talk to you tomorrow
2: on Fantasy Football Today. Okay, picture this.